0: Yo, I'm coming from that 3-6, so that's why I got them brains spinning. Ain't nobody using pinkers, we ain't good at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket, I ain't flying all you chickens though. Always shoot my shot, better swishing off the pick and roll. Dishing off the give and go, all my squad is driven so you can catch us on the road. Promise we ain't doing show so that means if you
1: ain't with us, you ain't with us. Welcome to episode 10 of the Peeps and Plaid podcast. Tonight we have our first guest on the show, Ryan Witty-Whitledge from the Blazer Tag podcast. We're going to be going over our recent games, starting with the homestand that started with the loss to OKC, and including the last two games we had away to the Nuggets and the Kings. We'll talk about some trends we're seeing with the Blazers and some current events in the NBA. So starting off that game against OKC Thunder, uh, just narrowly lost that game. I was actually at that game. Uh, What were some things you guys saw in that one?
2: Well, first and foremost, I want to welcome uh, Ryan here to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, we appreciate it. You're our first formal guest here, so we're excited to have you on and uh, soon to be, hopefully, the rest of your cast, man.
3: All right. Well, th- thank you for having me. And yeah, those those buttheads, they all have lives. I'm the one that's just sitting here at home. So I guess I'll come on and hang out with you guys for a bit. <laughs> well, we appreciate it. So yeah,
2: I mean, that OKC game, Dame had the 25, Aminu, Aminu. Which I'm sure I'll, I'll get into here through the course of the episode. Um, had 15, so that was nice. That amount of uh, rebounds there from him. You know, Paul George poured on 37 points. Russ had 31. So when they when those guys combine for for an outing like that, they, they don't even really need anyone else to show up. So um, Schroeder and, and New Noel threw in a 10 piece each for them. So uh, CJ missed the elbow pull up at the end of the game. So that was, that's tough. You know, he's had two that I've watched here recently where I don't know if I'm just biased because I've seen Dane make them so many times, but I I just feel so questionable with a couple of these takes that I've seen him take down the stretch. He's made a couple, um, and that's just kind of how the game works at times, but
3: I I don't know. What, what, what What did you see, Ryan, in that OKC game? Well, as far as with C.J. taking, taking that shot, I'm, I've been very bullish on C.J. this year, but I am not a fan of him being the guy in a late-game situation. I mean, it, that's his bread-and-butter shot, basically, that, that he ended up missing. that but at the same point in time i mean you can go back and look at a bunch of other games where he's been at the free throw line late in games and he's clanked pairs here and there so i i understand that you can't run everything through dame all the time especially in that because otherwise he's going to be a small guard in the trees of all five men but uh the, the thing for me that, that I liked at least with that OKC game is that Nert coming off his historic game against the Kings, you know, Steven Adams is a lot more in his wheelhouse of a player that he, he matches up with. And so for him to still get, you know, 23 points or wait, hold on. Oh, oh, 22. Sorry. Looking at that wrong. 22 points and eight rebounds, you know, 14 shots, 30 minutes. I think he did an admirable job. I did notice that,
2: you you know, you, you made the comment that uh, Adams is kind of a player that he matches up with a little bit. Um, I did notice that Noel gave him a little bit of issues off the dribble just because he was kind of a faster, you know, more laterally inclined uh, movement player. Um, but, you know, 22 points is 22 points. So I don't know if that's still along the lines of what you were what you were uh, mentioning with him still showing up. But I, I did you notice any any bit of lacking there?
3: Uh, not not really. I mean, the only other thing that kind of stands out for me in, in this game, and it's honestly the first stat that I look at whenever I go back and look at a Thunder game, like I understand Paul George put up or put up his 37 points, but it's that it took Westbrook 28 shots to get his 31 points. The more Westbrook wants to shoot, I am perfectly fine with it. I think there's been games in the past that we've won against the Thunder Where it's, yeah, Westbrook put in like 42, it took him like 37 shots, and like the next closest scorer on his team was like 10 10 or 15 points. Like, let Westbrook try to shoot the thunder out of any game, so his 31 on 28 shots, I don't even care about his stat line. That To me, that just means that the Blazers did what they're supposed to do against him.
2: Yeah, and you know, I, uh, you know, Christian, I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I could, I felt like that just even watching the game. You know, you could tell Paul George was having himself a game, but Russell Westbrook was just, you know, he was just doing the most. I could, I yeah. was, just, I could see that even just watching the game. So, did you notice anything else, Christian, on the on that uh, OKC game?
1: Yeah, I mean, Paul George was just getting to the free throw line way too much. I, I got tired of watching him at the free throw line i mean luckily nurk only had one foul in that game which is crazy to me considering he was up against steven adams who's always just a physical player but paul george was constantly getting to the free throw line there were again a lot of iffy calls against the blazers uh minu had he hung on the rim too long apparently uh from where i was sitting it didn't look like it at all my brother said it kind of looked like it that, was TV, yeah, that, was that was terrible yeah that was just ridiculous and then uh Russell Westbrook, a couple plays later, he dunked it and he just like tapped the rim because he didn't want to get called on it. It was just ridiculous. It's like, why are you going to call that on Aminu? This isn't affecting the game at all. But it seems like in these close games, the Blazers are never getting the calls that they should. They're just giving everything to the other team. And that's been really disappointing to me, and it sucks to like put blame on the refs. And really what it comes down to is we're not putting ourselves in a good enough position to win it. Um, if it comes down to a call or two, then really, there's no one to blame but yourself, unfortunately. But I mean, it's it's the Thunder. They're one of the best teams in the league. So I'm, I'm not, you know, knocking the Blazers. They still played hard. Still had a great game. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to see Dame have the ball in his hands, taking the last shot um, as opposed to CJ, because Lillard times what it's all about, and we live and die by Dame. So yeah, so
3: maybe, so if oh, I if I could okay. interject here for a second, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, to to touch on that free throw thing, something that I've noticed a little bit with Portland is that. Uh, and comparing it to other teams is that other teams late in games with those foul calls, they're playing for the shot and not necessarily playing for the foul. And I noticed Portland playing for the foul a lot more than I do for the shot. And that, I think, has something to do with it. The refs are going to reward the aggressive basketball play of you, you trying to score a basket and you get fouled in the process as opposed to you're just going to go at a guy to try to make him foul you. Right, mm-hmm.
2: right. Yeah, and you know, I've actually noticed that, and 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 I like how you you know kind of had that caveat. You said you know not quite as much as they're taking the shot because you know there are there are a lot of really great sets that we see out of you know the out of bounds pass there from Terry Stotts that that he'll call, but it seems like whenever there's any sort of chink in the armor right out of the pass that. Uh, it, things break down, and that's the, that's exactly what it goes to. That's exactly what it goes to. And um, if it's if it's not Dame and it's somebody else, especially trying to get that call, that there it feels like it will almost never be called in that situation. But it seem but you know, like to your point, Ryan, it, it's it's something that is happening and happening and happening. So it's I, it, I'd be hard pressed to believe it has not been addressed by their coaching staff.
3: I'm a uh... I'm not entirely sure either if this year if they still have that because last year they had the the former NBA referee that was in there trying to or that they were paying to teach him how to work work through fouls or how to get foul calls. I don't know if that guy's actually still working with I, the team. I, I
2: believe I believe that he is, and that's only because I think earlier in the season, and I, I, I know I'm not citing any real sources here besides I think, but Zach Collins had some issues uh, earlier in the season, really early. Uh, Mm Um, and, and that was, that was kind of denoted in one of the later, uh, sections of a Blazers edge article I read. So I believe they still have him, um, you know, with this, with the team, which I'd be, I I mean, is that a common practice around the NBA now?
3: Uh, I think ever since, um, James Harden has started pulling all of his crap, (laughs) I want to say it's probably, it's probably, I'm going to imagine that, that a lot of teams have that, but again, too. Uh, we're in an age now where they're using every analytical and every single aspect to their advantage. So, resource, yeah, an, yeah. If there's an option there to to hire somebody to to help with that, I'm gonna. I bet the house that more teams than not do. Yeah. So yeah. speaking
1: of James Harden, second game of our back to back was against the Rockets, and we finally stopped James Harden on his forty game streak, uh, forty point game streak. Um, so. What were your guys' thoughts on that Rockets game? I was just surprised that we won a back-to-back um, one of the back-to-back games because I've seen too many times the Blazers like they'll have a back-to-back and one of the games against like the Knicks or someone and somehow they lose both games. So it's it's I'm happy to see them win at least one game of a back-to-back when they're against a contender.
3: What do, what, do, oh, what do you
1: think? What do you think on that one run?
3: I was going to say my first thought with that is I absolutely hated Harden's last last layup attempt because he knew he was at 38 and that his 40 point streak was coming to an end. And I was never happier to see a shot clink off the rim (laughs) than him missing that last one. Um, A lot of people that I saw on, on yield interwebs were uh, saying, Oh, well, you know, ET was playing crappy defense on him. I'm going to bring up the Westbrook, the Westbrook kind of thing. Again, he got 38 points, but it took him 35 shots. You know, and let's see you know. what I I think he only went to the free throw line what six seven times, and so... just like
2: and just like that Westbrook performance, um, th- it was visible just as somebody who was you know watching that game at a live pace that his thirty eight what you know uh, to your to your point was not a uh, uh too efficient of a thirty eight. I mean, it, it, in the grand scheme of his performance, you know, relative to his last games, um, you know, mm. it's still. It's still a, a game that many players wouldn't have. But yeah, yeah. That was you know, Christian said we we stopped the forty point uh run. Well, you know, 38s eights awfully close. And and Rivers, what do you guys think about Austin Rivers? Because I think that's been one of the more untold uh, narratives around the league. Um, And I know we're going to be getting into that a little bit more later, but he had 21 points. So no CP3. Um, He's definitely got to be one of the
1: more unsung heroes of this uh, resurgence in the Rockets. I just don't even know what to think with Austin Rivers. I mean, he had the most minutes on the team for the Rockets in that game. He had 42. James Harden had 37. So, I mean, Austin Rivers is just a guy who's bringing energy and he's playing great lately. Uh, But I just... I don't think I'll ever be that high on Austin Rivers, but I think he's more of a streaky player who can shoot and he can handle the ball. And sometimes the, you know, sometimes the shot's going to fall frequently and he'll get some good playing time. And when he's not playing well, I think he'll be benched.
2: Well, and you know, I'm not so super high on him individually as a player. I'm just saying, if we look at contextually where the Rockets were at, it was all doom and gloom a couple weeks ago where, where they were supposed to be versus where they are at. And, Uh, You know, as much as I think it's been Harden, without Chris Paul, some of these other guys have stepped up. P.J. Tucker, for example, as much as I dislike P.J. Tucker playing the Blazers, he's been solid for them. But, you know, Harden had 7-for-7 from the line, uh, and then Dame had uh, the 5-for-6. You know, there's there's certain things that we're just not going to be able to stop, and I guess that's why we hire refs.
3: The Austin Rivers thing, that was definitely a tale of two halves because, you know, he came out the gate shooting what was he like four or five or five of five on his first couple three-pointers you know and then i don't think i don't think he hit a single one in the second half but you know when you're looking when you're game planning for a player that i think his average is below 10 points i want to say he's like 9.2 points a game i can't imagine he was high up necessarily in the scouting report for terry scotts and so then for him to come out and just keep hitting and hitting and hitting from three little bit of adjustment all right let's not slag off him so much that's why you see the fall off. He kind of had that return to norm then for himself in the second half, but I've, I've never been a big Austin rivers fan. Uh, I've, I think the best thing for his career is when he got out from underneath his dad, but yeah. 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 And you
2: know, uh, Woody, you kind of reminded me, um, you know, so often as we do these uh, episodes every week or two, um, I'll I'll kind of forget exactly how a player got some of these uh, buckets that they, uh, that they received. um, And, talking about it now i remember some of those threes that he had um were like you said definitely a tale of two halves he came out just firing and they were they were i think back to back to i think maybe a third in a row so and they were and they were like contested deep not not his standard everyday three so um that's a good point so i mean what did you guys christian i'm sure um we want to jump into that next one uh, against the knicks what did you think about that one
3: Hold on, hold on. Real quick, before you guys get off the Rockets, there's the important question to ask. So, should it have been three free throws for Harden, or, or two free throws for Tucker? You can't, you can't get to talk about the Rockets game without talking uh, about that crazy foul call. At the
1: seriously, end. I think it has to be on Tucker. I, I don't think there's any way that's on Harden.
3: So apparently I found a, a, a video that was kind of outlining all of how James Harden has kind of changed the game in in terms of like how fouls are called and everything. And they actually talked about that play and there was a former NBA ref on there and his name is going to escape me. And uh, apparently how the rule comes down is that if Harden had made that shot, Tucker would have been the one to take a free throw, mm. which is even weirder for me.
1: Uh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's escaping me right now. So, so with that one it was it was literally just James Harden was taken a 3 and then who was it that pushed into him? I forget.
3: So so that was Tucker came up to set a screen on Turner. And Turner yeah. went to Turner went to go under the screen but mm-hmm. still get a hand up and as soon as he got the hand up he kind of nudged Tucker, not like full on and then they did what I call the most Rockets thing ever. And Tucker acted like somebody sniped him from the third row, fell back and bumped into Harden, at which mm-hmm. point then Harden acted like he got, you know, kicked in the shin and fell back himself. And
2: you, missed the you, three
3: missed the three-point shot, but, but ended up getting free throws. You yeah. know, I, I think I this it is coming back to me a little bit now
2: that you guys are, that uh, you painted that picture. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's that's always tough. Um, there was another play like that here recently where it was and, and I, maybe it will come up here in the games that to be covered. But I want to say it was against Charlotte where a player was, you know, had bumped into the other team's same player who had caused the foul. And it's like, I guess, if nothing else uh, from me on this topic, we'll definitely have to dive into, as you were talking about earlier, Christian, the the kind of player relations and team relations with the the referees um, and really how much of it is warranted. Um, I think, uh, I don't know how uh, credible of a source this is, but in playing 2K, I just got the brand new 2K or whatever for Christmas. (laughs) We'll still have to get that matchup. But they talk about how the league had instituted a five-point plan for uh, player-referee relations or something along those lines. So um, I'm sure after we're done with our game recap, we'll, we'll dive a little bit more into that. But just really, really interesting stuff on on that front in the league this year.
1: Yeah, and something I tweeted when someone tweeted about that whole situation, I said the next flop slash lean-in shot that people are going to be working on, because you know James Harden and Dame, they're always working on leaning in on their shots to get a foul. The friendly fire flop is going to be practiced across the NBA. Players are going to be leaning into their own teammates to try to get some free throws. It's going to be ridiculous.
2: Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, Woody, have you seen that at all anywhere? Like, it, is, is, that, is this new? What's going on?
3: This is the first time that I've personally seen it in that iteration. Uh, I, I think you see it a little more in, in the general context when a player is going to fight over a screen for it. But leave it to James Harden to come up with new and creative ways to <laughs> – to find himself taking free throws and get to the foul line, and the only other thing that drives me nuts about it is, I could have swore like three years ago the NBA came out and said that they were going to fine flopping. Yeah, now, can anybody find me how much James Harden has paid into this fund? Because I'm gonna guess it's nowhere near the amount that he needs to. Uh,
2: you yeah. know, but let's let's take a moment of silence though for to to commemorate the I want to say the 2014 to 15 Clippers. Wasn't that like the worst flopping team in, 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 recent history? It was like Blake Griffin, you know, when all those guys just first got together, that was like one of the worst teams. And that was when it was, when it was at its peak, in my opinion.
1: Mm. Remember the double so, flop when two teammates flopped like simultaneously, like I think it was LeBron and someone else.
3: Yeah. I, I remember that. I'm now I'm wondering if it's, if maybe it's going to sound blasphemous, but now I'm wondering if we're blaming the wrong person. Cause you bring up the Clippers One Sir Chris Paul was on that team, and now he's Uh, on the bucket. So is Chris Paul just roaming around the league teaching everybody how to flop? And he's, and he's,
2: uh, he has a, his reputation precedes him. So maybe let's, uh, let's
1: keep an eye on that, on that storyline right there. Mm. All (laughs) right. So, uh, let's get into that Knicks game. So the Knicks game, it was the second win in a row, uh, at home. The Blazers won 111 to 101. One thing I noticed in this game Ennis cantor hasn't been starting they've been s- starting cornet.
2: that's the first thing I noticed too when I looked at the bo- when I reviewed the box score too christian
1: as soon as like, I, as soon as I opened it up. I was watching the game and I'm like ennis cantor that that dude can play like he's not the best player in the league, but he gets rebounds. he's a pretty good offensive center and for some reason they're starting cornet over him. I don't know if they're like banking on their bench doing well because they're also not starting Hazonia, um which i heard them pronounce hazania which i think would be awesome if that's how it's actually pronounced it (laughs) sounds just like lasagna which you know my last name's even crazier but uh yeah it's just crazy to me because ennis Cantor's like he's getting max money pretty much they put cancer at the four
2: I, I think every I don't I don't know if I want to say all the time, but I think when they run him and let's see who they like, you said Herzonia. I might I, I might be so. wrong. Yeah, I,
1: I think he's strictly. I mean, I'm looking at their team right now, and it lists him as the only center right now. So I don't think he's really playing much powerful. Okay, never mind. Because yeah. the only
2: other reason I would say, just to play devil's advocate, is because Kevin Knox is that they're listed as starting at their four, and if they're trying to develop him as a high draft pick, then I guess. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have it. I mean, do you have any
3: insight to that, Woody? Uh, I have a strong disdain for Cantor, and I find it funny <laughs> that he can't go on any of their London trips because he's afraid that he'll get poisoned by Hito Turkaloo. Yeah. You have to
2: tell us more about that, uh, that whatever's going on with that, because I definitely oh, want to learn exciting. more about that.
3: <laughs> so I, I – for one, I had zero clue that Hito Türkoğlu was apparently like the chief of staff for the president of Turkey. Yeah, like, You talk about a 180 after a professional basketball career, <laughs> like, oh my gosh! And so, but apparently, Enis Cantor, he's had issues um, with the Turkish government, and he's been outspoken on Twitter and, and in interviews about not being a fan of the uh, uh, regime, current regime, of regime of, or. Yeah. Or whatever. Administration and, uh, or whatever your yeah, choice what, of word whatever, is. Whatever it is over there. And uh, apparently, actually, with him being outspoken, I think his dad actually got arrested. Yeah. And is serving like four years in jail for for uh, deflam- or defaming Defamation. comments against. Yeah, there we go. Couldn't Couldn't think of the word. <laughs> yeah, basically, if he goes anywhere back over near Europe, he has the real chance of getting arrested or, according to him, get killed. Mm -hmm. so because there's a massive assassination plot out against him i don't know the whole thing's just bs crazy to me god
1: bless america you can say what you want about all the politicians and you know you'll get some flack but nothing that serious no
3: no so but uh no other than that with the knicks game it's funny i mean uh i think that was knicks or Nerks. Nick's Nurk. Ah. NERC's fourth <laughs> straight game of uh, 20 points. So he was kind of continuing his run there. It was good to see him, yeah. him performing, but uh, I always, I'm glad that Vonley is, is getting a, a good solid run on a team. I'm happy to see him do well. I think, what did he have? 16 points that night played, yeah. Yeah, played 30 minutes. He's, he's doing his part. I hate it when immediate returning players you know play their old team and everyone wants to bring it up. I mean, heck, we're still doing it with Nurk and the Nuggets and how he feels. Right. You give it the first game, then you just don't ever care about it again. That's my yeah. personal opinion. One of my
2: one thing I have to say on the Vonley narrative is, are you guys fans of Marvel at all, Marvel or Capcom or whatever?
3: I am a of fan of narratives? any, I'm a fan of anything comics. Okay, so uh,
2: Luke Cage, have you have you watched any of the Luke Cage series on Netflix by any chance? Nope,
3: normally i what that you need to watch that sir it's a pretty great oh. series it's a pretty great right, yeah.
1: check it out i guess
3: and so yeah Pu- y- season two of punisher is coming out next friday or this friday i think too so essentially,
2: the reason i bring it up is luke cage is a bulletproof uh black man and the guy who plays him is is huge this guy could rip a phone book in half and I was cracking up because, you know, once you see a player join a new team, they kind of get assimilated to whatever the culture is. And, you know, they get nicknames and whatever. And I saw like Courtney Lee commented on one of his uh, photos on Instagram or something. And it said Luke Cage or something. And I saw it on another one and another one. So that that's definitely a good nickname you can uh, have developed for yourself. But I mean, when you look, every time I see Noah Bonley on a basketball court, I'm like, you know, there's big guys, and then there's that guy. Like, Myers Leonard is is a pretty big guy in the NBA, like, in terms of just, like, you know, he's built himself physically in the NBA and, and, and in the weight room and working out. Noah Vonley looks like he could just athletically do anything he wanted to do. So, um, and, and it's also nice to see, um, you know, that he seems to be getting along with his new teammates, and I wish for the best for him. But um, what the heck, it seems like we shipped everybody or half our roster within 40 miles, 50 miles of New York City. Yeah, seems like it. (laughs) (laughs) It They're either in Brooklyn or they're on the Knicks.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, oh, Vonley. I mean, he's so good. Last year, I was disappointed that they traded him. I, I, in some ways, understood it, and I've heard all kinds of stuff about, oh, cap space. this, and it saves us all this much, and we can't do this without getting rid of him. But like he still had that potential. He still has a seven foot five wingspan and he's showing it right now. And right now I saw Philadelphia is trying to trade a first rounder for a big man who can shoot, because they just lost all their shooting in that trade when they got rid of Sarich and Covington. And uh, so they're willing to trade a first rounder for it, and they listed like a couple players and then they listed off Vonleigh. It's like, oh my gosh, like this guy can ball. He's already getting attention across the league. I don't know what the Blazers were thinking trading, and maybe you guys have more insights on that than I do. But man,
2: I mean, I, I, think, I think Terry Sauce is, is, is a winning coach. And part of being a winning coach is distributing opportunities where they present themselves. <laughs> and we have a lot of guys right on the cusp of being uh, a guy. Not the guy, but a guy, you know, on most <laughs> teams. And it's difficult when a lot of people that can be promoted to being a guy, like we're seeing how you just referenced with Von Light going to the Sixers and and potentially being that fill-in plug-and-play player for them in the front court. Um, we're not able to give that opportunity because so many guys are right there. They're right there on the Blazers. And it's, it's to give any one of them – that sort of opportunity on a nightly basis, maybe not once every 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 once in a while. We see that all the time. That's why he's a great coach. But on a nightly basis, it would be it would be restrictive to other people's opportunities. How many times have we came out in a, in a Blazers game and we've said, you know, if we can just have. I don't know, let's say we're going against Golden State and they are, are obviously lacking underneath the hoop. We're saying if if Dame can just get underneath the hoop and then we have a guy like Jake Lehman coming off the, uh, you know, earlier in his career coming off, and then he might pour on a couple points. So it's it's difficult with the Blazers because we are a team of guys that are right there. They're, uh, and then we have, you know, Dame and uh, CJ when he's – we'll get to that and nurk uh when he's uh on his level like he has been so i don't know how you guys feel about that that's those were a lot of sweeping statements so it might have been a little bit much in, in that
3: i concur okay
2: <laughs> all right okay <laughs> there we Tito. go for the, for the sake <laughs> of time we'll i feel say like i just proposed or something Jeez. oh yeah
1: all right, on to the Bulls. Blazers beat the Bulls. They beat them 124-112. to 112. Um, Had a lot of good play from the bench. Got 17 from Seth Curry. Got 16 from Zach Collins. Good to see him playing well again. A uh, lot, of, lot of pluses and the plus minuses on the bench. Got plus 15 for Seth, 15 for Collins, plus 13 for ET. What were your guys' thoughts on that game?
3: So, uh, so Harkless didn't start. So, cause he, what was it? Last, the last game, he had only played nine minutes before he went out with his knee soreness. So we saw, yeah. we saw Layman come in. Layman, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with him, him starting, but something that I'd like to see Stotts do a little more, or I guess a little quicker, give Lehman a little bit of a shorter leash with the starters and get Turner in there a little more quickly. Yeah. I think, I think that kind of helps open things up a bit. Um, it used to be that you couldn't play Turner all that much with, with Dame and CJ, because that's three guys on the court who need the ball in their hands. Mm-hmm. But I've been noticing them doing a little bit better job of when those guys are out there with, with Turner, that he's the one bringing the ball up the court and he's doing a damn fine job of, of distributing to them. Let's see other things about that game. Nurk's streak of 20 points came to an end. He was close. Yeah. He was close he was 18, but, uh, but yeah, no, this was this was just one of those really good nice to see all around games where I mean, the only guy who didn't touch anything on the box score was the one player they didn't dress and that was Harkless, so but everybody else made meaningful meaningful uh contributions and not a lot of negatives that you're seeing on the plus minus. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think any, I think anytime you play the Bulls and uh, you keep Levine under twenty points and Wendell Carter is their leading scorer. I mean, that that might change here in the coming years. But anytime you kind of stay within the confines of those descriptions, you're going to have a pretty good chance to win. The, I mean, their game plan, as far as I'm concerned, or as I've heard, and uh, I've I've been kind of lacking watching games around the league is. Really just Levine and then Markkanen as being an um, exploding player um, and, and onto the scene here in the NBA. Uh, Chris Dunn, I, I think, is solid. I've really liked watching him, it's even what he did uh, with Minnesota. But um, and He had he had a nice 15-point uh, outing there with them. But the only person to eclipse 20 for them was uh, Wendell Carter. And they're the type of team where their philosophy, as far as I'm concerned, is – just outscoring you so if if they're gonna let if they're only gonna be putting up 112 as, as high scoring as that might sound in decades past that is uh that's not much by I think their standards and, and their strategy so our 124 was
1: definitely enough in that game yeah and, and I'm gonna correct you on something you said there uh-huh. uh anytime you play the Chicago Bulls period you have a chance to win you should be winning <laughs> that game I mean this Man. Team, they're they're tanking I mean it doesn't matter who's playing well I mean they got some good players they got some guys who can score they got Laurie Markkinen he's you know Dirk 2.0 hopefully for them but this team I mean I'm gonna bring up again Zion Williamson they're not the front runners for him right now I mean the Cavs they're just they don't have any good players they got Kevin Love and he's been injured all season so the Bulls actually have some players that they want to see develop and play really well but they're not trying to win this season, so we're we need to win those games, like the games against the Bulls, and you expect to win, and we did. So, um, yeah, I'm really happy to see that. Uh, you guys ready to move on to the Hornets game?
2: Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I would say, and about probably the more hyperbolic thing I'll say this episode is, I would just love to see Zion Williamson go to the Cavs and just completely, you know, live up to the hype and just really be. Uh, a light where they thought there was just going to be darkness. Um, I think that would be beautiful, and I think it would be, um, I think it would be awesome for that fan base. So uh, I think that
3: is horrible, horrible, <laughs> horrible. I he can go anywhere but the Cavs. Dan Gilbert will have had to have sold his soul if somehow he ends up <laughs> with another drafted. first round pick. He gets first he overall. gets LeBron James, Th- then he loses LeBron, gets him back. All is good. They get a title, and then you're going to be without him for one season before you get who many believe is the next transcendent superstar of the NBA? No, that is not fair.
2: I suppose. Anyone but, I suppose, anyone okay. but the Cavs. Okay, 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 okay. I suppose considering the other franchises in question, I would reconsider that, especially living in the Phoenix, Arizona uh, area yeah. as I do. I want him on the Suns. I want However, Zion and Devin Booker going crazy. You just, I'm sorry, guys, you gotta, you gotta, anytime you think you just think of a Cleveland, like, someone who lives in Cleveland, like, you gotta, they gotta have something, they gotta have something, like, if you live in New York, you got, you have so
1: much, if you live in Phoenix, it's beautiful down here, I can tell you that myself, but, man, I mean. They got, like, the greatest finals win in history, Game 7 right there, that's, like, top 10 all time, that was amazing, so they can live with that, I'll take a championship in Portland now. (laughs) Man. Yeah, How about the Charlotte right. game the Charlotte a, game so I was supposed took to be back in the third quarter yeah yeah that that's, that's <laughs> smart. I didn't watch the game I was listening to the game I was gonna go to the game gave the ticket to my mom so she could go to the game with my dad. I was driving for Lyft that night drove a guy to the game who is from South Carolina and he's like, oh yeah Kemba Walker let's go and this game it's <laughs> it's not like <laughs> it's not like the Bulls game the Charlotte Hornets are a decent team uh, a lot of ups and downs but Kemba Walker's just been on a tear this season. So it was great to just dominate all game. It was, you know, had a huge lead at halftime. I think it was like 70 to 41. Yeah, 70 to 50. Yep. Uh, no, 49, that's it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just awesome to win throughout. It was the probably the most complete game they've had, that and the 76ers game a couple weeks ago. But what were your guys' thoughts on that one?
2: Well, Kemba, I, I tweeted this on our Peeps and Pla- uh, peeps and Pla- uh Twitter account, um, Lamar Hurd had said that Kemba Walker is like top three in the league in unassisted baskets, uh, not as not in the traditional sense of uh, the basketball term and assist, but no screens, no uh, you know, mm. no traditional assist. Uh, you know, top three. So this guy is just like an ISO machine. I think Kyrie was obviously included in that uh, same sentence. Um, but we watched just like uh, the previously mentioned games where we watched. Russ and Harden, kind of, um, you could you could just feel that they were doing too much. You know, I don't even, I'm not even going to say Kemba had the benefit of putting on the numbers and the points that those previously two mentioned players did, but you could still get that same feeling of he was doing too much. You know, he um, early in the game, uh, he was he was losing the ball to to Nurk. You know, and and in and. and out on the perimeter uh, in some of these easy pick-and-roll uh, transitions. So they just looked off, uh, in my opinion. And, you know, they didn't have, at least from what I'm seeing here, a player that eclipsed 20 points for them. You know, Kemba was the leading scorer for them at 18.
3: This was definitely one of those games where it's, like, right off the bat, like, you just you got a sense that the basket never looked bigger than it mm-hmm. did for everybody in Portland. Just everything went right. It was a perfect storm of a game. It's good to have those kind of games every now and then in a season where it's just like, okay, it's our night. Doesn't matter what the hell we do, it's gonna go our way. So that was nice to see. The uh the triple double thing that Nurk was chasing <laughs> at the end. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan, especially when the guy is already prone to getting hit and smacked and falling around all over the court. No, just you he, he just had his his giant game against the kings he shouldn't we shouldn't be chasing a triple double there sit, sit him down he should have sat yeah, yeah a little
1: gimmicky yeah yeah speaking of triple doubles who's getting a triple double first lillard or nurkic oh
3: yeah you are you stealing this from a rip city report I am i you no. are you are i
1: <laughs> inadvertently
3: cuz i
0: do not endless...
1: listen to rip city report
0: Okay. Okay, this, okay. All right.
3: This this question was asked of them on their uh, on their last uh, episode, I believe. So okay, I'll I'll take your word for it. But, yeah. But uh, um uh, if you look at the numbers, uh, Nurk is going to probably end up getting there first. I think Dame's had. Wow, I, he's his rebounding is not always there. I mean, he's not even averaging the double double on the season, so. Mm-hmm. Nurk, I believe, is. I'm or if not, he's damn close. So yeah. my my vote there is gonna go to Nurk. He'll see it first.
2: I think yeah. I think just age considered versus how close they are, Dame's been in the league much longer and it's yet to eclipse that uh milestone. Whereas, you know, it's been a question for Nurk multiple times. Is I think he's twenty two. Yeah, I, I would probably say Nurk, you know, especially by the time he's Dame's age,
1: you know. Oh he's twenty four so, now. He's, he's 24. Okay. Yeah. Man,
2: I tell you what. No, I, yeah, he's old. He's old. He's getting older. I don't mean to be childish commenting on people's appearances, but that Nerk beard, seriously, man, you got to get rid of it. It looks it looks like something like a high schooler, that beard that he's growing out. It's just not – I don't know. I don't think it's working for him. <laughs>
1: I, I have no comments on facial hair. I can't grow anything. So uh,
2: It just – it's it's hey, one thing I noticed, and this might be a reach – but one thing I noticed was, you know how Dame, and this is just an observation, Dame has uh, Dame has a fade. Um, I don't know if I'm I'm super into into barber shops. I you know I'm, I'm best friends with my barber. I think I think it's an art. But Dame has a Dame has a mohawk kind of like bald fade. And him and Nurkic are actually kind of like best buddies on the team. And when Nurk first came to Portland, he kind of just had this like you know. He didn't even really have a fade of any sort. He just had his regular haircut or whatever. And then he pretty much has the same haircut as Dame, and it's pro- it's progressively gotten closer and closer through the last two years. I've watched to a point now where if you look at if you look at Nurk's haircut, it's essentially Damien's. Only he's got his you know whatever's going on on top, but on the back he's got the same like mohawk as Dame. So those guys. Mm-hmm. I I I I don't mean to uh, ooze over the Brook Olsendam narrative that I think she presses a lot as well, but those guys are best buddies, and I think uh, I think that's just if if nothing else, a, a testament to how uh, Nurk is is learning from him, even as a front court player in the league.
1: Yeah,
3: I have I have zero qualms with Nurk's beard. Nurk can grow that thing out. I think he should get the Cayman beard going, mm. full on, full on Portland. <laughs> Giant hipster beard. Oh man! Oh man! Plus, plus, if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about facial hair of centers, the one thing that should never, ever, ever come back is is a Myers Leonard mustache. So, (laughs) but the
2: Uh, but the layman but the layman uh, narco stash should definitely come back. That was that was a good choice. (laughs) Then he go he went off that game. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh man. So how about that Nuggets game, huh? Number one seed Nuggets.
1: Oh, (laughs) those Nuggets. Man, Blazers lost it by three. I was at the game earlier this season where they missed the game winner against the Nuggets. And uh, this one they shot to try to tie it right at the end, and they missed that one too. So, I mean, it's just, it's it's tough, but the Nuggets are a one seed currently. Uh, they're in the first place. Will Barton is still, like, he he finally came back, but he's been injured and he's being eased back into the rotation. But even with um will barton i think of the top like three teams the nuggets warriors and thunder i still think the blazers have the best shot against the nuggets i think we're two very evenly matched teams um i don't think they have enough of a lockdown defender against the blazers um against damon cj like the pelicans had last year with Drew holiday and john rondo i, I don't think know the if nuggets- i agree
2: with that i don't know if i agree with that but continue. yeah I'm,
1: I'm i'm anti that as well Oh, no, seriously. I mean, the Nuggets and the Jazz match up very well with the Blazers. They're very similar teams, in my opinion. Um, and I think the the Nuggets just don't have the defensive guards to really be able to stop the Blazers. But they can outshoot them, and Jokic can just dominate. Um, so it's they're definitely deserving of being the number one team right now. But I'd still rather play them in a playoff <laughs> series than the Warriors or the Thunder.
3: I do not want to see them in a playoff series. I would much rather see the Thunder than them. Yeah, and especially seeing as that Nurk can't seem to get it out of his head that he needs to just dominate Jokic, and it affects yeah. his game in such a bad way. I'm totally, also,
2: I'm all on board with that. With the, I saw yeah. that tweet by uh, by the Pinwheel Empire, the the whole personal thing. It's just like I usually try not to make reaches like that in watching sports and not really having any dialogue or anything of that nature from the players. Uh, but it's it's readily apparent.
3: Yeah. Uh that that game for me, I was I was so tuned into that, but I, I had a personal stake in that. That game was gonna be the decider of our beer bet. Yeah, I saw that. And uh yeah, it it had come down to where I think we bet on which team was gonna be the number one seed by the by the uh time we recorded our next show. Mm-hmm. And uh we had Steve DeWald on of uh Blazer's Edge and uh he picked Houston, so he was out halfway through the week. <laughs> And uh, it was down to me, me and Brandon. And uh, Brandon had said that the Nuggets would maintain. And with uh, with them losing to the Suns, my pick of Golden State. If if we'd beat the Nuggets, they would have ended up first, and I would have, I would have won. But mm. no, but no, the victory was ripped from my hands. And mm.
2: these, so this victory's
3: consequences
2: were specifically uh, the beer.
3: Uh, so I think, well, Steve owes Brandon his six pack of, uh, I want to say it's a great white. I don't know. I think that's his wife's beer. He's now sharing his beer bet winnings with his wife. So (laughs) she gets, she gets a say in it. So the rest of us, we hoard it. We hoard it all for ourselves. We included the wives in on our season long beer bet this year. So the winning winning wife gets a bottle of wine from each of the losers. So I like that. I think they should be happy with that, but I like that. You know, time yeah, spent, no, they're th- saying time spent away from us
2: means wine coming back to us at some point. No,
3: it's mo- it's mostly meaning that they have to put up with us actually trying to physically watch eighty two games and hogging the
1: TV <laughs> and
3: yeah. being very annoying. Blazer fans doing nothing but talk about our team all the time. Yeah, let's, let's
2: give – I'm going to give myself a, a a pat on the back for just being uh, this – being just someone who tries to watch nearly every game of an NBA season as as opposed to like an NFL team. Like an 83-game – or you know what? You know who I have respect for? Avid MLB fans. How are you going oh, to watch man. – how many, how many games are in an MLB season? 162. 162. No, sir. No, thank you. I would not be – that kind of fan, this kind I of can't fan even watch I an
1: entire playoff series in the MLB. It's ridiculous. Ugh. Yeah. No. And
2: those, are long, I, games. I, I, those I, are long, slow games.
3: Yeah, I know. I know a guy who uh, watches makes it a point to watch every single Mariners game, and oh. I have. I <laughs> how 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 can you find the time in your life to do that?
1: That is asinine. Like I'll usually turn it on because it's the middle of the day and there's nothing on, but. I'm not watching it like <laughs> I'm not making sure I see everything and I you know seeing which players are doing what it's like okay Mariners are doing good today cool you know that kind of thing it's that's just crazy
3: yeah the only other only other thing about that game for me uh Will Barton needs to wear a headband again he looks weird without it, it yeah wrong.
1: yeah I, I like the the yellow headband with the nuggets I think they look pretty cool yeah those are fresh that- And honestly those jerseys those alternates they have are pretty crisp bro yeah.
3: Their court sucks, though. That is the most reflective yeah. NBA basketball court I have ever seen. Is it in yeah. mirrors? I, that paint? was so strange. There was no paint in the actual paint, right? Yeah. I think it's yeah, just they just dumped lacquer thinner all over it and called it good. I yeah. think they
1: just did that for that one game. Am I wrong? I think they just did it for the game where they're wearing the rainbow jerseys. I, you might be right because that did not
2: look like something I'm I'm yeah. used to, especially because the half court insignia or logo that they had yeah. there is not their uh, their bread and butter. I don't I don't believe. I
1: I know I, it's different than previous years because I went to multiple Nuggets games the last couple of years when I was living in Colorado, but uh, I, I think that was just a one game thing.
3: Yeah, the Warriors have been doing that too. They've been changing their court to match their jerseys, which I'm sorry, that just means teams have way too much money now. <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah. Oh,
1: I mean, contracts show teams have way too much money. There's so many forty million dollar players. Like in one year, they're making forty million. Like it's ridiculous. Steph Curry is going to make Hold like forty five million three years from now.
3: Yeah, but everybody that doesn't play for the Wizards that's getting that kind of money <laughs> yeah. is probably deserving of it. So. Is well, it
2: bad is it bad relatively the first thing I thought the first thing I thought of wasn't like a big mansion or a fancy car. It was just like having a sauna in my own house to just like sitting <laughs> in a sauna. My back's so sore, man. I would love to just have a sauna just to oh, stretch God. out and oh wow that that's that's what forty million dollars can get you. I want a sauna in each wing of my mansion, you know that's forty million dollars. Are you kidding me? what is that even that's that's, that's one year. And that's not even not- your that's not even your brand money. Most NBA players make the majority of their money off of shoe deals. Yeah.
3: God. I I'm weird. My uh if if I ever had that kind of money, my house, it wouldn't be a mansion. I am totally well, it technically kinda would be, but I'm totally one of those people that would go find a silo in the middle of Kansas and just pimp that thing out, like those underground bunkers that you see people flip. That would be my that's my dream house. Yeah, man. Wow. Or you know, hey, uh I would say if you
2: haven't, uh, Northern Arizona is a beautiful place. And that's, yeah. there's a lot of like, um, what do you, what do they call them? Uh, the preppers, uh, people yeah. that just the Duke, go out,
0: the yeah, Day preppers, yeah,
2: you know, but like you can go out in the, you can go out in the middle of, of nowhere out there. And it's, it's not, it's not like the Northwest where when you're remote, it's just rainy and moss, you know, moss grows on your roof. It's, it's, it's a dry, You know, it's a beautiful, like almost redwood pines type thing. So,
1: yeah, I I definitely need more scenery than Kansas. That's for sure.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or underground. Yeah. Did you say underground?
3: Underground. It is long. It is long been a dream of mine that if I ever had the money to go and get like buy those old World War Two bunkers that are all just sitting there, they're actually you can get online and look at the listings. They're surprisingly cheap. But just the cost of them comes from like half of them are flooded, so you gotta like pump yeah. it out. No, but, That's but gonna, just get one is, of those.
2: Just for your information, Woody, this is gonna be part of we we usually do two to three different phrases for our titling in each of our episodes. It's gonna be underground in Kansas is gonna be definitely one. <laughs> mm. So, um, if, if I oh,
3: can contribute anything to the show, I'm glad it is. It is my love of underground bunkers. Oh yeah! All right,
1: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else on that Nuggets game?
3: Uh, yeah. no.
1: Alright, so Blazers-Kings in Sacramento. We beat them in Sacramento just a couple weeks ago on New Year's Day. Nurk had his dominant 5 by 5 uh, but we lost this one. It was, it was pretty close, but it was, uh, it was rough. There was a lot of Amon Shumpert in that game.
3: Well, do you, do you think that they circled Nurk and said maybe guard him? If you look at his stat line, <laughs>
1: <laughs> like yeah. you know, last game, let's make sure that doesn't happen. Again. Hey,
3: hey,
2: remember when he uh, eclipsed uh, Wilt Chamberlain's uh, twenty by twenty, uh, nearing five by five, and actually got it? Yeah, like, we should we should we should d up on him this game. Yeah,
3: so but uh, thirty five from Lillard, that's impressive. Six points from McCullum. Hey, look, he finally re- regressed to what I call his norm.
1: Six from McCollum and six from Nurk. And somehow we were still within eight. So that that's says something. I don't know. Blazers were playing hard. They just uh man.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, what do you guys think? Uh between what do you guys think about the De'Aaron Fox uh buddy healed most improved uh player Debate. I had seen something on like it was like snap one of those cheesy Snapchat uh, Bleacher Report updates or something talking about who's slideshows who's going to be the most improved player. Um, But they had they had made a a decent point and said that you know De'Aaron Fox was a sophomore player um, and typically sophomore players are accounted for as not as just being uh, you know prone to improve, which I found a little bit ironic because there's also that stereotype of the sophomore slump, but. Buddy Heald, I believe, a third-year player here, right? Third year, Mm -hmm. I I think. Um, You know, he had 19. He was their leading scorer. Um, I I also really love uh, Bogdan, but he's um, not really so much in this discussion of MIP. But um, what do you think? Do you guys – I mean, De'Aaron Fox is a fantastic player, and I think largely has been performing at a a better level than he did that game. Um, But, you know – Christian, I know that you, we had did some predictions about um, some of those award uh, candidates earlier in, in in
1: this season. So, curious to hear your guys' thoughts on that. You know, I need to do a little more research on that to to figure out Buddy Heald and Aaron Fox. I honestly, I can't take Buddy Healed seriously ever since their owner said he's the next Steph Curry. Like, literally, every <laughs> time I see Buddy Healed uh, or his stats or anything, uh, I'm like... Nope, still not Steph. Literally, that's all I think of.
2: Yeah, that's that's a that's a little bit. That's
1: definitely a superlative for sure. <laughs> that's all I think about. I mean, De'Aaron Fox, he's he could be a top five point guard in the league a few years from now. I think he's you know maybe you need to correct me on this, but I think he's similar to Kyrie. I mean, he's he can shoot, he's got handles, he's explosive. I but think yeah, he's for smaller me it's though. Russ. I think he's closer to Russ, a smaller yeah, Russ. Well, that's what I think of. I always think of Russell Westbrook when I watch him play, but he's just so small; he can't dominate quite like Russell Westbrook can. So I, I don't know.
2: Well, you know, I think I think he's younger than Russell, and so I think if he if he he has an opportunity to develop his jump shot a little bit more, um, and if he does that, that can that can really affect um, you know with somebody who has that kind of speed and athleticism, they can already get to the basket. So if you have to really start closing out on them, that can that can change the game. Russell, I think I think it's a little bit. It's going to actually be really interesting to see what happens with Westbrook in his career because typically, as you get older, you lose a little bit of your, you lose a step or half step, and you have to develop that shot, and that's largely what's been missing from his game. So um, we'll see if that comes into Russ's game. Um, but De'Aaron Fox has plenty of time, and if he makes leaps anything close to what he's done from his freshman to versus his sophomore year, uh, he he'll be a star uh, for years to come.
1: Yeah, I, I just, uh, I definitely got to do a little more research on them, see how they're doing before I give an opinion on the most improved player situation. But I mean, they are he's playing great and he's leading a Sacramento Kings team that should not be doing this well. They're in the thick of it, winning record in the Western Conference. Um, so that's just crazy to me regardless for sure.
3: I'm going right. to take all your guys' opinions on that cuz I am not up on my Kings research as much <laughs> as you guys are apparently. Uh, uh. just from the little I know, uh, my if you know, I'm gonna, I'm going to throw my media member vote that I have. Yeah, right. Um out there to uh Darren <laughs> Fox. I, especially because of the whole sophomore slump kind of thing. And that that's pretty much all I got to say on it. He he impresses me. I'm happy with what I see from him. Yeah. All right. Well,
2: Christian, um, I know we've kind of gotten a little bit longer on this recap, and uh, than we anticipated. We could go really quick on some of those uh, narratives that we talked pre- uh, previous to uh, recording. If you want, um, up to up to you, what you want to do.
1: Yeah. So, um, man, I can't even think of what we're going to talk about. Well, let's talk well, about I- some uh, some of the trade scenarios. Uh, there's. Talk about Blazers trading for Jeremy Lynn, and there's some Dennis Smith Jr. rumors. Wow, that was tough for me to say. Uh, across the league. So what are our thoughts on those trades?
3: Absolutely not for the Jeremy Lynn. That is a trade that I do not understand in the least bit. You go and count the number of guards that we already have on our roster. It's, more than, it's more than half of our team. Um, we're already having the issue right now of, okay, well, do we put the ball in Turner's hands more with the second unit? Do we let do we let Curry have it more and yet you want to then go ahead and add another ball dominant point guard? Cuz I mean, I'm not I'm not picturing Jeremy Lin being a like a, a shooting guard kind of option a standing in the corner and spotting up. So that's just one of those ones where it doesn't make any sense to me and it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if in the end it's found out that Portland's name is thrown in here just kind of like Th- that random agent talk that you hear like, "Oh well, you know if you want him, we hear that Portland has interest in him too, and then it just kind of makes its way out through the media uh, yeah. That's the only way that, that that his name and equating him to being anywhere near Portland could make sense to me yeah,
2: yeah. and i I'll, I'll jump on board with that I mean we, we don't that's just not the player that we need birth we need a three and d wing at um, the, at a western conference cal- a western conference caliber uh, wing. If not a three, then um, you know we can we can make room to stretch for two because I'm not so convinced that Aminu is a Western Conference caliber wing um, starting uh, wing uh, for us. So, and Dennis Smith Jr. Absolutely not. That makes zero sense for our team. It makes great sense for the Magic, who I hear are in the running for uh, him in the trade market. So, um, you know, I, that's that's kind of my two cents regarding those those two recent
1: um, trade. Rumors in the NBA. Yeah, I'm yeah, ready the- for the bubble to pop on the Orlando Magic, and they finally get rid of one of their front court players because that logjam is just insane. They need to get Mo Bamba out there playing because that guy has tremendous potential, and he's only going to reach it if he gets some playing time. Yeah, but um, now what
2: if what if they get like uh uh one of those other forwards out to like the Mavs, like? the mavs were talking about being in the running uh well i mean sorry the mavs would be in that, in that trade so uh with with a, a magic who are in the running so you would be getting rid of Dennis Smith Jr and then you'd have Doncic and who what forward would they get rid of especially if you already have Deandre Jordan you'd be probably looking at more of a four or a six man uh you know front court player who would they get rid of
1: hypothetically for the mavs that they, that would that, that would make sense for the mavs yeah, I mean, it would make sense to get rid of Jonathan Isaac. I mean, I haven't watched him too much. I know he's improved quite a bit this season, but um, I haven't been able to watch him very much. If if the Mavericks get Aaron Gordon, I mean, that's a big contract, but Aaron Gordon would be crazy with LeBron. That
2: would be – yeah, that would be a Hollywood – I would love to watch that team. I would uh, watch that team scary. every
3: night that they're on, actually. So, yeah, an inter- an interesting trade that that I – I saw some news today that I think I'd be on board with and it almost kind of follows like a lot of the stuff that people were talking about with the Jeremy Lynn thing for Portland is that, you know, expiring contracts. So it could be considered a salary dump. Um, But with Dallas, there's rumors that they're trying to shop Wesley Matthews. Yeah, that is not an idea that I would be opposed to bringing him back because I believe he's on the last year of his deal. So there's still that that option of using it as a quote unquote salary dump. I consider him a great three and D player. You yeah, know, he'd be and- a little a little undersized for a wing, but he's he's played with Dame before. I I wouldn't mind bringing him back would for you, a. Would- for-
2: Woody, would you agree if I were to say that he is he he is technically less undersized for a wing now than he was when he was previously with the Blazers is according to how the way uh of the NBA has has, has shifted um in recent Correct.
3: years. Yeah. Correct. If Draymond if Draymond Green can be considered a center, then I mean you might as well even be able to count Wesley Matthews as a power forward now. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But uh, just also to uh, interject while you guys are on a little bit of news, uh, did anybody happen to uh, catch the score of this uh, Warriors Nuggets game? No,
1: but I'm excited now.
3: So it's about one second left in the fourth. Golden State is up on the Nuggets 144 to 109. Oh, man. After setting an NBA record first quarter for fifty one points scored in the quarter. What? Oh no. Oh. They really
2: wanted to, they really wanted to put the league on notice and say, hey, we understand what the standings say, but come playoff time, this is what's going down. No, yeah, yeah that's seemed
1: to miss.
3: oh. But yeah, after the first quarter, Warriors led fifty one to thirty eight. Goodness. Wow. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. I do not
1: want the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs. it doesn't sound. Like
2: it really. I mean, it's still a 38 point quarter put up on them by the Nuggets, though. So that they, they well, weren't playing much better defense. I mean, yeah, this I sounds mean, like basically. an
3: All Star game to me. Yep. Yeah. God. Yep. All right. Sorry. That was that was my bit of breaking news that I bring as your guest to this podcast. Yes. So. Thank
1: you. We needed it. Breaking news. So I mean, the Blazers. You're talking about Wesley Matthews. I'm gonna give you two trade scenarios. To tell me yes or no. All right. If we trade straight up one for one, Evan Turner for Wesley Matthews.
3: Uh, oh. What what hurts is that last year you could have said Evan Turner for a taco.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. And, I would, right? and
3: I would have I would have done that in a heartbeat. This one's a little harder. Um Cause he stepped up. I th- I think I think I would still pull the trigger uh cuz then on the second unit Seth or Curry's been playing a, a heck of a lot better lately so I oh, yeah. I trust him a little more with the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there'd be that big of a drop off. So yeah, that I'd pull the trigger on that one.
1: Yeah. Number 2. This is this is a bigger one. Dennis Smith Jr and Wesley Matthews for CJ.
3: No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. No.
1: We got the split. I'm tired of CJ. For. I'm
2: tired of CJ, and I'm tired of Chief.
3: See, I, and that's—I don't—I don't, I that don't know where so you're at with right this now. Chief
1: stuff. I love Chief.
3: God, are you part of the Immune Appreciation Society? Did, did Terra and Bigs get
1: to you? Oh my god! Every single time oh, that the Blazers need a nail no in the coffin, him. he There's hits no a three. Yeah, well, we uh, lose
3: hey. him after the
1: season, so what's the big deal? That's am okay. it out there.
3: You can't. You can't. You you gotta you gotta quantify what you're saying when he's old, because as literally the oldest person that's on this podcast right now, just Uh calling cheap old and knowing that I got about like four years on him.
2: Uh oh. So he's
3: old for an NBA
2: player. Let's as you're. Hey, well, it's tax season right now, right? As you're filing your W twos, does it say anywhere on those on the any of those employers that you're gonna be needing to put any put back dunks up for uh, any of your wages?
3: No, no. Well, then,
2: you know,
1: old's going to mean a little bit different in your context. <laughs> uh, man. You know what? Okay, this is, this is kind of out of nowhere, but I was doing my research today, and the Blazers, if they want a championship period, they need a top wing, swingman, defensive three. Because I look at the past ten champions, it's all Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard. The only exception is the greatest shooters in NBA history, Golden State Warriors, with, you know, Clay Thompson and Andre Iguodala defending LeBron James. So is there well, any shot the Blazers get one of those guys? Can they get a Jimmy Butler? No. Can they trade for a Paul George? You, you no. see any of that happening ever? Do you no.
3: want a Jimmy Butler? You're now seeing him kill no. a second locker room. Yeah. yeah, right. I don't know if Dan would let it happen.
1: I don't know. Here's the thing.
2: Here's the thing. I was uh, – to make my second 2K as a credible reference. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, reference. Um, they had said Ernie or somebody on the fake two, uh, TNT halftime show had said it's the error of the point guard or something and started listing off a, a number of point guards. And I thought to myself, I'm like, it's really not though. It's It's small forward or bust. You know? Like if you think about like franchises that have takeover capability in the playoffs mm-hmm. – they all have an all-star caliber small forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, and that and, and that,
1: it makes sense to be the era of the point guard because basketball is just insanely popular now. So everyone who's anyone is playing basketball all the time. And if you want to be the best, people are you know working harder than everyone else, shooting way more shots. People are sh- shooting threes, extending the three-point line. So you're naturally going to get some people who – you know, happen to be a little shorter, and they're stuck as the guards. They're stuck as the point guards. But these are the people who are good enough to still make it to the NBA. So they're putting in countless hours. So it makes sense to be the era of the point guard because not everyone's going to be six foot nine, seven feet tall. There's going to be those those people. But, from when, I hear, but 10, when I hear, but when I hear the five.
2: era of, when I hear the era of, I'm thinking about who's the most dominant. And when I'm thinking about who's the most dominant, I'm thinking LeBron James. Giannis Antetokounmpo. I just messed his name you up. Wanna,
3: you you want to try that one again?
2: Antetokounmpo. 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 Is it
3: i T? Mm. I'm not sure. Antetokounmpo. Ante,
2: okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think of Kawhi. I think of KD. Even though he obviously has his stars around him, um, you know, a lot of people like to say that Demar Derozan is a two, but I think a lot of the times he plays a three. Um, I think that. It's. I think it's definitely the area, uh, the, the era of a small forward to be dominant in today's game. Um, but I get what you're saying. Um, the way the game is going in terms of people getting into the NBA, um, it's it's going towards a point guard's game.
1: Yeah, um, but, but I think. But mm-hmm. I mean that's that's my point. Is yeah. every team's going to have an amazing point guard who can do it all? I mean, luckily we have Dame who actually can take over some games, uh, but. Small forwards can do it like nobody else. I mean, LeBron James can just absolutely obliterate Kevin Durant. He's six foot eleven, so if he leans back, if he's on, he's gonna hit that shot every single time. It doesn't matter. I mean, Isaiah Thomas could never do that. He's gonna have to depend on so many factors, um, and that's again a reason why for the second episode in a row, you guys need to look up Nate Robinson against the Nets with the Chicago Bulls because he just took that game over at five foot ten. Anyway. <laughs> you need to be a bigger player if you want to be able to consistently win games cuz Damian Lillard if he wants to take over he has to hit all of his shots if he wants to beat LeBron James and the Lakers or Kevin Durant and the and the Warriors you know it's just it's a it's a big man's game um but the small forwards man they got explosive crazy muscular bodies they they can defend anyone on the court it's just they they can do it all
2: for sure man well, um, was there anything else that we wanted to cover? Or I know that we're probably eclipsing or getting near to uh, passing about an hour here uh, and
1: recording. Um. I mean, I'm on the Seth Curry train. I just want to put that out there. Uh, best three-point percentage in the league. Dude's been balling out. I saw um, he is playing great in lineups with Dame and CJ. So I advocated for that at the start of the season. And I would not be against that if we went with him instead of Layman or Mo Harkless. Obviously not against every team, but um, and against a lot of teams, I think that could be a good lineup for us.
2: Yeah. And, Woody, did you have anything that you wanted to uh, say here before we wrap things up?
3: Uh, let's see. Trying to think. No, I, I was going to go off on a Tobias Harris to Portland tangent, but... That's not a bad year. tangent. Yeah.
2: That is not a bad tangent.
3: Yeah, but uh no, no other than that. Um I'm I'm okay with the Blazers play this season. I mean, they've even though we all feel as though they're playing a little under what they could and we'd like to see them do better. Uh the West is just a whole different animal this year and I mean, we're still having the best record that we've had through this point in the season going back 4 or 5 years. So you know you got to you got to take what you can get with it and just understand that there's going to be a tight bunching all the way up until the end and just be happy with uh with where you land so yeah sure.
1: I'm I'm very happy with where we're at right now uh four and a half games out of first place with this Warriors dynasty that is going on in the west so,
3: mm-hmm. I'll, so I'll gladly I, take it yeah I yeah. I will ask you guys this question are either one of you guys superstitious I would say I'm extremely superstitious.
1: I'm not superstitious, so, but I am a little stitious.
3: Okay, so uh, the the last time that the Nuggets were the number one seed in the West this far into the season and for this long, uh, do you recall what year that was?
1: I'm, I'm going to make a guess that is probably wrong. Is that the season where they were the three seed and the Warriors upset them in the playoffs?
3: Uh, I can't remember that, but I know that the last time the le- – the last season that the Nuggets were seeded this high, this deep into the year was one nineteen seventy seven. 1977. Oh, I like that. <laughs> so, uh, so there you go. I think they, I think they stayed on, on top in the number one seed until, till late March, I want to say, but. But yeah, so there, there's your little bit of superstition or, or what. And you know it, what?
2: And 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 you know what? I just changed. I had the same corny default background on my desktop for the last four years since I bought it today. I went into my new workplace. I was like, I have to get something cool. And I changed it to Jack Ramsey this oh, morning at 9 a.m. So
0: it's
1: going to happen. And this year we got a big man who's breaking records. Bill Walton, yep. 77. Anything can happen.
3: There you go. Well, let's just hope he doesn't break his knees along the way, too. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs>
2: hey, I'm knocking on wood right now.
3: Uh-oh. <laughs> Found Bro. my desk.
2: All right, Woody. Well, thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, and <laughs> we look forward Thanks to for hopefully, having
1: me. Yeah, dude. Hopefully,
2: we'll be able to get the rest of your guys on here, uh, here soon. And, um, yeah. So
1: thank yeah, you. Honored oh. to have you as our first guest on the show. It was, uh, Am I the first? Gu- am I the
3: first guest ever? or The first guest ever? Here? ever. Well, I'm going to let you know. It's nothing but up from here. You can oh. only do better than me. There <laughs> oh, you go. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: uh, all right, man. Well, every, as always, guys, you can find us at uh, Peeps and Plaid on uh, you know pretty much any major platform. Um, I mean, not on LinkedIn, but uh, Twitter, <laughs> uh, Instagram, catch us uh, on Tumblr. Uh, yeah, no, so not on Tumblr.
3: A, you, guys, uh, you guys got a Bumble con? or Yeah, where's, where's our Tinder? Who's, we're going to start dating
2: got? other podcasts. Uh, uh, so, so, yeah, if you guys want to recommend. We're going to yeah, make we'll our own app for podcast dating. Yeah. So, but, yeah, so check us out. Uh, Google Podcasts, iTunes,
1: uh, Anchor FM. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Episode 10 of the Peeps and Plaid Podcast. Another thanks to Witty from Blazer Tag for joining us. Check out Blazer Tag Podcasts, follow them on Twitter, check them out on pretty much any major podcasting platform. You can find their information in the episode description. Also, huge shout out to Ziggy Zay, his info is in the description too. Thanks for the intro music and this
0: outro. Check him out on Spotify. Yeah, we run it up to the max. running straight ahead, we ain't never looking back try to tell me it's the road like i'm jack but i ain't never leaving trying to put us on the map so we run it yeah we run it running, 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 it run we run it up running, 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 it run it run it run it we run it up yeah we run it to the bank ayy yeah we turn it up yeah we turn it to the crank okay fly a little robin and we to the bad like the name was Usain yeah we are U-N-I-T-U-P running up up the score balling on these new teams on a new thing I don't know about no know who is Nah, still shooting shots. And if I'm missing no move swings got a gift, and I'ma use it step by step. I got the blueprint to success. I thought you knew it. You was next and now you blew it. Talk cream I got the cool if I'm the teacher, you the student. You're gonna ask why is this rap I speak it fluent? Ain't no miscues or issues. Change if I diss you. If you gonna come at me, Just know nobody gonna miss you. Ain't no miscues or issues. Change if I diss you if you gonna come at me, Just know nobody gonna miss you. Nah, yeah, we run it up to the max. Running straight ahead, we ain't never looking back they try to tell me it's the road like i'm jack but i ain't never